0: Hey, Megan. Hey, what? What's the most musical part of a chicken? I don't know what. A drumstick?
1: (laughs) 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is episode 175, and I'm your host, Stephen Dutzman. This is the official video game and board game podcast for engagedfamilygaming.com. EFG is a website where parents like myself and my co host come together to give everyone the information they need to get their family game on. This week, it's a special week. Tila is back with us.
0: Yay!
1: Uh, she has been gone for a while because she has been busy working 40 billion hours a day. Pretty um, much, yeah. And it's not going to get any better because, you know, it's the summertime soon, but we're going to take advantage and have you with us whenever possible. Um, and it's a it's a cozy fireside chat today. Um, because uh, Amanda, uh, the princess of power, is off uh, doing some stuff with her family. Because many parts of her family will be traveling soon. And I guess it's okay for her to take a night off to spend time with her husband before he leaves. I guess.
0: I guess. We'll what give else? it
1: to her. I mean, I'll allow it. So, um, this week... It's video game week, Um, and so we have a couple things to talk about. Uh, Both Tila and I are bringing a very exciting game to the table to talk about for Around the Horn. Then we're going to talk about how Nintendo is just just savage right now and just killing everybody um, in the video game space. And then we have a special guest. Uh, they are, uh, and they will be, uh, we will be cutting to our break and then it will be me talking to, uh, Chris and Sarah Chipman of the Raising Geeks podcast. I had a, uh, really cool recording session with them last night, uh, where I recorded an episode of their show and vice versa. Um, and they're really cool folks. Um, and so we talked about a whole bunch of things and we plugged their stuff. And so that should be a fun little, uh, you know, little, kind of side adventure but our main quest today tila Mm -hmm. we gotta talk about nintendo um oh yeah but before we do that i do want to thank everybody for listening um we want the episodes to be as interactive as possible so please reach out to us on social media and give us any comments questions concerns do you want tila to take over the show and you want me to get fired
2: whatever (laughs) make your
1: suggestions we will entertain them um I don't I can't make any promises about Tila taking over the show, <laughs> but um you know whatever make your suggestions. So video games, Tila. Yes. Aren't they great?
0: Yeah, I love them.
1: And there've been a lot of really good games so far this year. Um mm-hmm. so why don't you tell me cuz I'm excited to hear about it and the people listening about Forager. Are you playing it on because, that fancy so new I laptop? It on
0: I am. Wait, let me turn off my video connection real quick. I'm losing you a little bit. Okay. Um. So I am. I bought a brand new Razer laptop, the top of the line, and it's a rose quartz one. And I bought Forager on it because I was like, I need to play this game, and it's not out in on the PS4 or on the Switch yet. And I was really excited for it when I saw it. Um, it's so cute. There's not. There's not a whole lot to do in it yet, but basically the gist of the game is is that it's an experience-based level up. Um, You take down trees, you take down slimes um, in this one area and they repopulate as you're doing it. So there's always a way to grant yourself XP. You are expanding lands by uh, generating some sort of money. Um, there's always upgrades to be getting um, every time you level up. There's a whole new area that you can explore into. There's four different main areas. There's um, like the wood cutting and the smithing. You know the whole that yeah. part. There's gathering. Um, there's actually making money and making banks. But there's, it's insane how much. Oh, and then there's the magic aspect. Sorry, um, but it's just insane how much there is to do. There's 64 different nodes to unlock, so you have to get to level 64 to actually even 100% unlock everything. Um, there's just insane amounts to do, and as you're doing more and unlocking more things and um, getting more, getting higher levels and everything, you actually um, you unlock new things. So you're the, the like, I started playing, I only had slimes and chickens that would show up as, like, enemies. Um, okay. And then I found a little cow that I immediately, because I knew I needed leather from it. I was like, oh, this little cow. And then I had to murder it. But no <laughs> blood. You know, it's very pixelated. So cute. It's so much fun.
1: Yeah. How funny is it that you bought this amazingly super-powered gaming PC, <laughs> and the first thing you did was go... You know what I want? I want a like a 16-bit pixel art survival game.
0: <laughs> I want that game. You know,
1: how about, th- how about this thing that I could probably play on a toaster?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: man, it looks awesome. It's one of those things I know it's coming to Switch soon, which is the main reason why I've been holding off. Um, yeah. It definitely feels like a, a game that we could probably stream here. Um, I know it's definitely a Jakey game. Um, yeah. I don't know about the other guys, but it definitely feels like a Jakey game. Um, we will have it. We will yeah. definitely have it when it comes to the Switch. And I think it's coming to the Switch over the summer. And you know what? It really does feel like... you know Because I watched some streams. Um, mm-hmm. There was uh, one of uh, the Mommy Gamers, friend of the show, uh, was streaming it on the Extra Life channel today. And I was watching it and said, you know what? This feels like a really good summer game. You know? Like, you know... Put it on the Switch, sit in the backyard, kind of do do a few little things, um, kind of get lost in it a little bit.
0: It's I... super easy to pick it up and put it down, too. Like, it's not one where you have to, like, worry about a whole lot of stuff going on in it. It's, it's just you're leveling up, and you're finding new things, and you're unlocking new places, and then you keep going, you know? Um, so super simple to pick up and put down. I mean, not that I didn't play, like, hours in it already, but...
1: I mean... You know what are you gonna do? Yeah. What are you gonna do? So, um, so that's Forager. It's on Steam right now. How much did you end up paying for it? Was it was like 15 I think it was bucks?
0: like fifteen bucks. Yeah, fifteen, yeah. maybe twenty at the most.
1: Yeah. So it's one of those like this is a kind of an impulse buy kind of game. Um, I, 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 mean, it got it's got your seal of approval. I certainly think it looks cool. Um, it's not rated super. I think it's rated E10 plus tops by the ESRB. Yeah, yeah. Um. So that's the kind of game we're talking about. If you're not sure about it, just go to YouTube, look up Forager. There are tons of videos right now. This is one of those games that I think is going to be like quietly streamed a lot. Um, I think a lot of Stardew Valley streamers um, yeah. uh, and content creators are going to pick this one up for a little while just to give themselves a little bit of a break. Um, but yeah, that's Forager. I love it. Uh, I haven't played it yet, yeah. but I know yeah. I will like it. I know I it's will. It's so like much it. fun. Um, so let me, do you want to know about my game of the year so far? Of course, of course. Okay, so we do this new thing, um, as of last week.
0: Okay. So it's super new.
1: It's super new, where I, um, declare at any given time my game of the year so far. Okay, okay. And so basically, that is, it's like King of the Mountain, you know? Yeah. Like, right now, the King of the Mountain for for a while it was Tetris 99, and I thought Tetris 99 was going to carry it through.
3: Yeah,
1: because Tetris 99 is bananas. We've talked about this. Um, yeah. But uh, I want to talk about a little bit of game, a little bitty game called Steam World Quest.
0: Okay.
1: Now, have you played any of the Steam World games before?
0: I haven't.
1: Okay. So that's. Oh, wait. That's. I a... might
0: have played Dig. Is that one of them? Yeah,
1: Steam World Dig yes. is one okay. of them. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say if you haven't played any of them, that's a crime.
0: I think um, I play number
1: two. Okay. The one where you're a girl?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. That's two. So mm-hmm. um, the, so SteamWorld um, is a whole kind of IP from Image and Form out of Sweden. And uh, what's funny about it is they all use the same kind of design aesthetic in that everything is like robots that are steam powered and kind of feel mm-hmm. like they're held together by like duct tape. Yeah. Um and they all move a certain way. Uh they almost look like paper dolls. Okay. And um, they, every time they make the game, they make a different genre. With the only exception being SteamWorld Dig and SteamWorld Dig Two, which were Metroidvania's. Um, yeah. So they made those. They made uh, SteamWorld Quest, or not SteamWorld Quest? They made Steam SteamWorld Heist, which is like a two D XCOM style um, squad based strategy game where you're yeah. um, that was set in a universe that was kind of Firefly ish, meaning okay. you were like a pirate captain kind of running missions and invading other ships. Um, and man, was that cool. Um, Yeah, something really fun. They are... Yeah, SteamWorld Heist is one of the better games I've played in the last couple of years. Um, I've been having a hankering to go back to it. Um, but, uh, just in time, uh, Mm -hmm. they delivered me SteamWorld Quest, which is is an RPG. It's a turn-based role-playing game. Now, the combat is card-based. And so here's how it works. Um you uh can have up to 3 characters in your party. Each character you build a deck of cards for them that is 8 cards that contains 8 cards. Okay. Um and then they all get shuffled together and you have a 24 card deck that you are constantly cycling through to mm-hmm. get everybody's abilities. Um and so those cards represent attacks, healing, spells that you can cast, etc. Um There are a couple of... And so you you can play up to three cards per turn. Mm -hmm. And that's how you attack enemies. Two extra rules come into play. One of them, if you play three of a given character's cards in one turn, you get a bonus move that is determined by the kind of equipment that they have. For example, the wizard, or the alchemist as they call her, if you use three of her spells, she uh, starts the game by putting a shield up on everybody. So it's like proactive healing. Kind of like in Dragon Age Inquisition if you uh, use that stuff. So, um, but there's other stuff, too. Um, you know, the main character, you, you can put, like, a bleed effect on the enemies where they'll deal damage. You know, they'll take damage every turn, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, the... Um, so, what is... Um, so, that's one kind of extra rule. The other one is, some of the abilities are basic attacks that build up a steam meter. Yeah. And the others drain it. So you have to like kind of balance that out, but obviously the ones that drain it do more damage. You
0: mean a steamometer?
1: The steam I mean, not really. It's a gauge. <laughs> um, really there are gears at the top of the screen that are, kind of keep track of how much steam power you have. Okay. And you so you have to both gain that and expend it kind of throughout your turns. Um, I wanna say the combat is super satisfying. Um It is, you know, when you build and and really, if you enjoy manipulating decks and, you know, figuring out card combinations, if you're one of those kind of nerds, then this game takes it to the next level. If you just want to do very basic stuff, you absolutely can, and the game doesn't punish you for that. Um, This is one of those um, games that really you get out of that system what you put into it yeah um and but you could just fill it up with basic attacks, and you would be fine for the most yeah. part um man, is it good? The story is fun um it's the, all the other ones were set in like this far-flung post apocalyptic future um mm-hmm. and this one is, is actually set in the past quote unquote even though they're robots yeah um so there's like no guns and lasers and spaceships. it's like swords and spells and stuff like that That's awesome. um the story's fun. You know, I mean, there's nothing to write home about. Like, this isn't the narrative of the year, but yeah. um, it's funny enough to that you're interested in seeing what's happening. The characters look cool, um, and they there are five characters that you can get, and they all are very different and do very different things. Um, yeah. You can definitely pick your favorites. You don't have to really include characters that you don't want to. Um, yeah, it's super fun. It is right now my game of the year so far. And it sounds
0: like a lot of fun.
1: As I look out over the rest of the year, I'm not sure that I see anything that can compete. Yeah. What I about mean
0: Animal Crossing if that finally comes out.
1: I mean it, it, first off, will it? We're
0: pretty early into the year for you to be saying this.
1: It's, but I th- this is you know who I am. I am a <laughs> hype monster. Um and also, I mean there's nothing saying that I, this is my game of the year so far. That's, true. That's um, true. I am absolutely willing to concede that someone else is a hundred, you know, some other game can totally come out. Animal Crossing, Pokemans. Obviously, we have um, the, um, you know, we have E3 coming up in five weeks, by the way. Yay! Um, and so we know, you and I both know there will be a plenty of things announced there that we don't even have an idea about. So yeah. There's lots to come, but right now, game of the year so far, Steam Quest.
0: Okay.
1: So that was our around the horn. We both brought some pretty good heat today. I agree. We did. Um, so let's talk about some some the, the topic of the day, which is Nintendo. Yeah. I I have it on good authority that you enjoy Nintendo games. I do, I do. So um <laughs> would Would you be surprised to know that there are many many millions of other people who also like Nintendo games because I'm not surprised um so the uh, so here's what happened end of March was the end of mm-hmm. Nintendo's fiscal year right so their year goes from April one to march thirty first um I don't know why there's a reason and i I, I don't know. I just don't know. But it doesn't really matter. Um, so they ended their fiscal year at the end of March. And so one of the things they have to do, since they're publicly traded, is they have to do, like, a big earnings meeting to tell their investors how they did versus their projections and what they're planning on doing for the next year. So I thought I would share some fairly interesting data that they shared about the um, the games, the... Um, the, the and specifically, um, you know, kind of the the highlights as far as how many, um, you know, how many consoles they've sold and things like that. Um, they originally project projected that the Nintendo Switch was going to sell twenty million units okay. last year. They fell short of that and only sold about seventeen.
0: Oh, you know, um, only, only
1: 17. seventeen. Well, it is still. uh, it is still they did still miss the mark but they sold 17 million currently the Nintendo Switch has sold approximately 34 million Switches in two years that is bananas Um, that is um, it is almost three times as many as the Wii U um, and it it has eclipsed officially um, both the GameCube and And the Nintendo 64. Mm -hmm. um, And is coming up very quickly on the Super NES. Um, Super Nintendo only sold about 49 million um, lifetime. And so the Nintendo Switch is rocketing past it um, at its current pace. Um, Software, um, it has sold 187 million games yeah geez that's a lot and so what that really tells us is nintendo clearly has a hit on their hands i mean you and i kind of knew that to begin with yeah you definitely knew that because you saw when you were my girl at gamestop i mean you saw those things fly off the shelves oh Um, yeah that was a nightmare it has not stopped (laughs) so those poor employees they still have to um they they still have to ship these out um and the games keep selling too. Um, for sake of information, here's my question for you: a little bit of trivia. What is the best selling Nintendo Switch game?
0: Um, I imagine it's something Mario related.
1: That's a fair guess, but you gotta. I'm gonna make you pick a game.
0: Uh, no Mario. cheating! And just saying, Mario. Mario Kart.
1: Well done. It's like, it's, it's like you. Pitched out a whole bunch of those cartridges. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the best selling uh, Nintendo Switch game at almost 17 million units.
0: Holy cow.
1: Um, now, here's what's crazy um, you and I know this is a port. <laughs> yeah. um, this game originally came out on the Wii, or the Wii U rather. Yep. They sold a bunch of those. Um, in fact, just looking at the numbers, um, Mario Kart 8 sold almost 9 million units on the Wii U. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is pretty that. impressive considering they only sold about 13 million of those.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: so, some other interesting and noteworthy um, numbers. Super Mario Odyssey at almost 14.5 million. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, which just came out in December.
0: Yeah.
1: 13.8 million units. Oh. Now, some oh. additional Smash stats, because this is crazy... Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is also the best-selling fighting game of all time. Wow. Also, three of the top five best-selling fighting games of all time are all Smash titles. Wow. Um, Super Smash Bros. is... I mean, outside of Mario Kart, which I think is probably the quote-unquote biggest Nintendo game there is...
3: Yeah.
1: Super Smash Brothers has to be in the conversation... I know we talk about the importance of, like, Mario titles and Zelda, which we're going to get to in a second. But Super Smash Brothers and Mario Kart, like, these big, like, cross-the-whole-Nintendo-world games, they just kill it. Yeah. Absolutely- and it doesn't hurt that they're amazing and brilliantly made. Um, and uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is literally a port from last gen. Like, they haven't made Mario Kart 9 yet.
0: Yeah, and I mean they've added some DLC that wasn't in the Wii U, but yeah. beyond that it's pretty much the same exact game.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think about it that way, um that they sold this. Um obviously, you know, plenty of people bought it that didn't own a Wii U, obviously. Um and it's just going to keep going. I would not be surprised if this continues and we see this at 20 million at some point in the next year or so. Um just because When you buy a Switch, you got to buy games for it. And who doesn't want to buy Mario Kart first? Especially if you've never played it before. Um, Zelda.
0: Or even if you have.
1: (laughs) Or even if you have. Exactly. I mean, we we double-dipped, and I didn't even feel bad about it for a second. Um, So Legend of Zelda, which for a while had a higher attach rate. Than 100%. Like, there were more Zelda games sold than there were Switches at one point. Yeah. Um, that's because nerds buying multiple copies because of a collector's editions. I mean, you know, we all know that part. But, um, still sitting at 13 million sold. And that's obviously going to continue. It's getting outpaced by some of the more casual games. Yeah. Um, but still, like, that's a lot of copies for, for a Zelda game. Um... I got to give it respect, though. I mean, you, you've heard me say this, that it's the best video game Nintendo has ever made. Yes, um, I'm sure that that's going to continue to sell, too. Yeah, I've said it a lot. Um, I kind of say it to pick fights now, because there are some people <laughs> that are... The, the contrarians are starting to come out. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's far enough away that now people are trying to rewrite history and try and say that it's not an immaculate game. Yeah. Um, and I fight them. Like yeah, day. it was
0: good, but like, did you think about this? And then you're like, no, 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 no.
1: And how about I don't need to think about this because <laughs> it's because it's amazing. Because
0: I'm um, right and you're wrong.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um. Also, how about Pokemon? Let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee selling over 10 million. Um, Holy cow! Not really surprising though, right? Because it's no, it's, it's Pokemon. Come um on. Now these games were so I think that really tells me. One of two things, and we're going to find out this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, either um, those games reached the mainstream Pokemon audience when people yeah. didn't really expect them to, or they really did succeed in finding like new Pokemon fans that were like kind of out there, and yeah. that when the real quote-unquote games come out, um that they're gonna just go bananas and i don't really know if i want to put my hat which which side of that debate i want to put my hat in you know what i mean yeah 10 million is a lot but those aren't like traditional pokemon numbers but they're still pretty good considering they just came out last year yeah um what do you think you think you think uh the official games are gonna sell more than that
0: I I think so only because there's a lot of people who didn't like the aspect of the go like you you know throwing the pokeball like you do in pokemon go they yeah. wanted a more traditional experience so they might have lost some of the people for that specifically anyways um but now I think that the people who had left will come back but also the people who had picked it up might also pick this one up so we could probably see some pretty high numbers on that
1: It's going to be fun. I mean, at the very least, we know, man, it's going to be good because they don't make bad Pokemon games in general. No, Um, Which is just crazy talk, right? I mean, this is just, I can't even imagine, like, we're not that far away from new Pokemon games and Pokemon games on Switch.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Are you going to pick up Sword or Shield?
0: Um, you know, I haven't really looked at the differences, but I normally am a sword person rather than a shield person okay, in fair. literally all games, so...
1: Alright, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I will... I am... I'm gonna pick up shield. Well, we're gonna have them both, so, I mean... Of course. You have, like, like I 17 have, children. Yeah. And... The yeah not 17 three <laughs> thank you very much um, but
0: three yeah. I think equals 17. yeah that's pretty fine. much
1: three may as well be a million um <laughs> the um so we're gonna have them both but I'm planning on playing shield um but obviously you know who knows it's, it's all gonna mat it's all gonna get scrambled up once you know three I guess out. comes yeah. around and they give us more information because you know we don't even know what the legendaries are yet um but that's coming five weeks I'm guessing that's my prediction that we'll yeah f- will we'll no more I mean, of E3. they have to
0: come out with something big.
1: Right, they got to tell us something. So, yeah, that's the Wii U. That they're not the Wii U. The Wii U was not as <laughs> successful. That was a while ago. Um, that's the Switch. How about this for craziness? The 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 Switch between now and the end of the year has at least one like super baller video game, um, every month except May. Really? So from June on. It's got something. So um, in June it has Super Mario Maker two. Mm-hmm. Um, in July it has uh, a new Why you know what why am I trying to get you know do this from memory? Let's uh let's... Yeah, let's just
0: look it right now. I up. have
1: the internet. Two thousand nineteen Nintendo Switch games. There's... So. Um
0: a game that I'm really excited for that I think is going to be rated M and I cannot remember what it's called right now but it's got like JRPG stuff going on in it. I think it's made by the people from Bayonetta.
1: Oh, um, that uh, let's see, what are we talking I know what you're talking about. Yes. Um... Here we go.
0: Astral Chain.
1: Astral Chain, yeah. You know what? We don't know the, um, we actually don't know...
0: SRB on that. E S
1: R B yeah. for that yet. Um and it you're fighting robots and stuff, so it could actually be okay. I don't know. We're yeah. gonna have to find out. So
0: Yeah, it is rating pending, but it comes out August thirtieth.
1: Yeah, so we should know very soon. Um we got Super Mario Maker, and this is just first party. Super Mario Maker is in June is in June. Fire Emblem Three Houses in July. Astral Chain is technically first party, it's being published by them. Yes. Um And so that's August. Um, Another game being published by them, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. That's coming in July. Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield are winter, but that means probably November because that's Pokemon month. Mm -hmm. Um, Games that are coming this year that do not have a release date are Luigi's Mansion 3, Animal Crossing, and Zelda Link's Awakening.
0: Yep, all the good ones.
1: And so assuming they are smart, which they generally are, and they spread them out Three weeks to four weeks apart. Um, we know they're taking off May just because we know there's nothing coming out, um, other than you know indie titles and stuff like that. Um, that's a stacked rest of this year. I'm thinking yeah. about like the holiday gift guide that I have to write, where it's like <laughs> you know I have to list the quote unquote good Nintendo Switch games, and like yeah. how do you narrow good it down?
0: Love, quote unquote.
1: Like, how about just anything? (laughs) If it says Switch on it, it's probably everything. I mean, I I can basically just start writing it now. Yeah, Um, might as well. um, And I can probably cheat and take some of last year's, because frankly, if you don't own them yet, they are all pretty good. Um, (laughs) It's just so crazy to think about... I mean, wasn't it... I mean, the Wii U... Three years ago, we were in the middle of the Wii U, and nobody was buying them, and everybody was negative, and people were talking on the internet about how... And I'm sure you heard it in your store, right? The idea of people suggesting that Nintendo go third party. Let's just stop making consoles. Just make games. Put them on PlayStation.
0: Yeah.
1: That seems so far away now.
0: Or people were talking about Nintendo falling apart completely.
1: like. Yeah. Well, that was insanity. That was just people that don't understand business. Because yeah. Nintendo's got, like, they got some old so school many money. Um, they have so much dollars um, just sitting in the bank. Um, Because they're old school. um, So, like, they could survive a long time. So, for those, you know, some of this, for the parents listening, they're like, why are we talking about financial results? Really, this is more, <laughs> for me, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, because there are some folks that are gun shy because of the Wii U. Um, that are hesitant to buy into the switch ecosystem or maybe buy a second switch, maybe they might see value in it, but they don't they're worried that they don't want to spend money on it and then not ha- get a, a long life out of the console. Yeah. Um, this thing is two years old, and I would be stunned if they sunset it before a decade. yeah um, you know they'll iterate yeah. on it, they'll do stuff, but there will be switch games coming out for a very long time because there's no slowing down in momentum that I can see.
0: And they're the only ones who have done it as well as they have with the the on-the-go console as well as a home console. Um, yeah. So until that comes on the scene where people are actually trying to copy them or make their own iteration of it, I feel like um, they're going to be a- ahead of the game for a very long time.
1: Yeah, they're going to be killing it. So, yeah, that's Nintendo. Nintendo they're great now admittedly full disclosure I am a Nintendo fanboy so if you want to come at me about but these most of everything that you and I said are pure facts
0: well and I'm not like the biggest Nintendo fanboy I love Sony so like me saying this stuff is, oh, yeah, like a completely different deal yeah, yeah you're a
1: Sony pony I get it um, and it's true and but you, I mean, but you're also a rational human being and know what 34 million switches in two years means, <laughs> yeah. right? Like it means never ending. It means that's a lot of switches, yeah. and, <laughs> um, I mean, everywhere I go where there's lots of gamers, I just see switches everywhere.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Um, and it makes sense. It's a great console. It works. The, it the big thing is it delivers on the promise that it made, right? Like yeah. And. When they but first like, announced it. The
0: PS Vita was so like, oh, you're going to be able to do it from work as long as you're on Wi-Fi and blah, blah, blah. And like none of that ever worked that well. Um, yeah. This, everything they said was going to do this, it does.
1: So. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's a testament to Nintendo, right? Like they they said they were going to make a thing work. And man, they made it work. They always do. So, um, I think, so I think that's the end of our segment. I think it's time oh. for our guests to have a turn. So, um, um, so I think, so, um, this will be the end of the show for, uh, you and I, Tila. So why don't, so let's say good night. And then everybody, when they come, when you come back, it'll be me and Chris and Sarah. So have a good night, folks. Good night. We did it.
0: We did. We made it though. For-
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Engage, a family gaming podcast. My name is Steven Dutzman, and I am your host. As always, we have some special guests who I'm going to let introduce themselves right now because they're coming from another podcast.
2: Hey, how's it going, Steve? Um, I'm Chris Chipman from the Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of Great Responsibility podcast. I also do uh, the Chipman Brothers Tangent with my brother, Movie Bob, um, the Talkbuster podcast, and Shooting the S um, with Chippa, which is a... You know, long form, free form kind of interview style podcast, a lot like most podcasts. Yeah. And sitting next to me is Sarah.
3: Um, Creating Case is my only podcast. Um, and that's it for me. It's about where you'll find me. One She's is already. plenty. I,
1: yes. One is plenty. And plus, you got to put up with, with uh, Chris. So, like, that's yeah. a, that's got to be like three yes. full time jobs.
3: Yes. Yes. And I take care of the children. <laughs> I mean,
1: Nobody there's
2: that too. It, but, but it's more me. That's my job. She's the one creating the geeks. I'm just giving them the geeky things to do. You're giving Fair them enough. the power. Yes, giving them the power. Oh man, giving them the power. Giving them the
1: power. That's that's like an eighties thing. We don't give people power anymore. That no, that's mean? true. Yeah, we don't we don't give, <sighs> we don't them, give power. them power we... anymore.
2: We kind of we, we give them um complexes now yeah is that exactly it, it, <laughs> pretty much pretty much
1: um we we make sure that they hope that they don't end up like us so that's, that's um, the one so before we get too much farther folks i do want to thank you for listening um i want to make sure our podcast is interact is as interactive as possible so please feel free to reach out to us on social media um Hit us up on our Facebook page. That's EngageFamilyGaming.com slash Facebook or Facebook.com slash gaming because we're fancy. Leave us a message. Our community manager, Jeff, will feed the, send the feedback over to me and I will uh, do with it what I will. If you say mean things, I'll, I'll probably take it to heart and cry a lot. So don't do that. But um, it, the... So we brought you guys on, Chris and Sarah. Um, the, the long and short for my listeners is... Um, I followed your I follow your brother on Twitter and then I followed you on Twitter when you guys started doing your podcast together um and then you happened to tweet out that you were at PAX and you tweeted out a picture of a business card that had a whole bunch of projects that you were working on and all of them were relevant to my interests and so I was like okay this guy and I we need to be we need to be homies more or less. Um, and so I tweeted at you and was like, "You, I need to go on your show and infiltrate your fortress and you need to come and be on my show. And so we that's what we decided to do. We figured it out and I just got done recording a segment on your show that will air at some point and vice versa.
2: It's exactly. funny how the
1: internet works.
2: It is funny. And yes, I, I, I like the term tweet at. It takes a, like tweeting can be very visceral. Yeah, I mean, tweet
1: at it's um, tweet towards. I have the. um, I don't know if you're familiar with a gentleman by the name of Gary Vaynerchuk. No, um, no, so he is not appropriate for families because he cusses a lot. But he is like a sales guru and like a social media guy, and the term he uses for like being like an individual entrepreneur or content creator, etc., like reaching out to people on social media to either do collaborations or etc., um, is he calls it hand to hand combat. Cut. Um, and I actually think he's more right. You know, it sounds hyperbolic when you think about it, but it is kind of true. The cool thing about Twitter and one of the things that I love about it is, um, you know, just about every guest I have ever had on my show, um, you guys included, you know, I've had some, I've been very fortunate to have some folks. um, A lot of it was because I just asked (laughs) Um, because if you're nice to people on Twitter, they actually respond because a lot of time Twitter is so full of negative energy um, and just hot garbage that when you are like that one shining beacon of kindness and light in someone's day, they actually respond to you. It's a fun, right. you know, who knew? It's,
2: it, it's a very different kind of interaction than like Facebook. Cause Facebook, you, you're kind of cultivating your own little echo chamber. Yeah. Um, and on Twitter, you know, unless you're directly blocking someone, you know, they're, they're seeing it, you know? And so, uh, it yeah. it gives me it gives me a lot of opportunities to be real i guess is the word and real me is very positive and very um like that you know i, I approach people assuming the best you know cool. so it um it's cool to see that take off so much P- P- you're right people really do seem to latch onto it and like it if you if you just you know if, if you're real um through the hand to hand combat yeah I mean, it's just
1: it, – and, and that's why I, I advocate. I know a lot, there are a lot of folks out there that are like, oh, man, don't use Twitter. Don't use this. I, I try to – I can't advocate that. I think it's a great tool. You just got to be careful how you use it. And you also just need to be very, very freely um, blocking people. Um, if someone comes at me, um, I will often respond to them if I think they were just being silly. Um, but if they're like being super rude, I just block the crap out of them. And I, I find, I get visceral uh, satisfaction from doing so. Um, the, I lose the follower sometimes, but I, I'm kind of okay with it. Um, so you two, so you, Chris, you're on like 57 podcasts. Um, I'm, I'm on, I'm on like 57 minus 54. Um, (laughs) so, um, but you two do a, like a, a podcast that I think is kind of adjacent to what I do uh, because you guys really focus on kind of the, the, the parenting side and also just kind of embracing all of geek culture. Where did that come from? Like why did you guys decide to do that? Because you can podcast about anything. You could have podcasted about fantasy football if you wanted.
2: Why well, Why this? it's interesting so sarah turned to me and kind of said i'm not really sure um but <laughs> I don't it, remember. so so what happened was you know i was i did the show with bob and the tangent is is exactly you know what the name that you know sarah ended up coming up with said. <sighs> it's it's bob and i talking like you know like uh, two really geeky brothers that grew up together talk mm-hmm. you know we i'd come home from school he'd come home from working at Blockbuster before I worked there at like midnight. My homework was done and we'd stay up till three or four in the morning just talking. And he'd try out material on me. You know, um, he was writing scripts or whatever and and we'd just talk and it's become a really big part of my life and a lot of my friends are that way too. So that one was, it it was very satisfying because I don't have to prepare for it. You know, it, it was like I get to catch up with my brother and share it with the world and people like it, you know, um, so that became a very easy thing to do. And so I said, well, I want to I want to do something that's That it kind of has a point that has a structure because the, the thing with Bob doesn't and I love that about it. But you know, I can talk for hours and hours and hours and Sarah is a more structured individual. So, so I said, you know, um, Let's have a topic. We can research it together You know, and I wanted to do a show like that. and I didn't really know what it was going to be about, but I wanted it to be something that we could both contribute to. Um, And I locked into this idea of, you know, when we were first talking about having children, you talk about, you know, our parents, my parents growing up, my dad had this library of VHS tapes that were recorded off of TV. Um, you know, okay. HBO movies and stuff, and, oh, yeah. and your dad did too. Not as and, much as
3: your dad. But... And
2: I always, you know, joked with my brother that, you know, yeah, my dad cultivated a lot of our geekism in the types of movies we liked, but my dad wasn't necessarily a geek in and of himself. My dad was kind of more of, and, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative way, just my dad was kind of more of, like, the carbon copy, you know, like, American dad. You know, he, he had his huh. day job, he liked watching sports, you know, um, he was more stereotypical. But he had these movies that, you know, Superman, the Goonies, Star Wars, all these things. But the cool thing I noticed about him is he didn't have them because he was, you know, the in the back of a comic shop, you know, geek waiting for people to accept him. He had these because they were popular. And that's that's the cool thing is, you know our, our, our geekness, you know, um, you can, you can get more out of it than maybe your parent even intended, you know, or something different out of it, but it's kind of something that connected us and brought us together, even though he kind of looked at it as more of a surface level. And I ended up looking at it, you know, more from what does this story mean to me? And Oh, you know, Superman, you know, as this personal um, thing for me. So I was thinking, you know, wouldn't that be a cool idea for a podcast as a parent to go, Hey, I've got all this cool stuff that I remember that was really important to me growing up, that really formed who I am as a person. And it doesn't have to be even, you know, we focus on, you know, um, toys and old movies and stuff, but it can even be places. It can be arcades and, you know, vacation areas that you used to go to. You know, we've, we've done a whole bunch of different stuff. And so that was kind of the idea, is it's something we could research, give people a background on it, give them, like, you know, the... The detailed idea of where it came from, you know, drive in movie theaters is one of my favorite episodes we did um, because there's still some around where we are. And um, and if number one, what do we think about sharing it with our kid? And two, is it appropriate to share with your kid? Because there's there's a lot of things that have kind of gone the way of the dodo in terms of, you know, you look back on it and go, well, at the time I didn't realize that was, you know, a not so good thing but now you look at it and you go uh, I don't know if my kid's gonna learn something great from that or not you know anymore or am I gonna have to have a conversation with them beforehand you know to let them know hey you know the way that women are treated in this movie isn't necessarily right or the language that kid is using in this movie isn't necessarily right you, you go back yeah. to a lot of you go back to a lot of Disney movies of the 80s and 90s the, the live action ones and those kids are you know dropping s-bombs and everything left and right because you know yep. that's that's what cool you know young kids did and there's a place for that i i love like you know stranger things as a throwback to the kids kind of sounding like kids but at the same time you know i guess we have a job as a parent to filter that and make sure they understand it um going in and it, it, it's kind of grown from that or i think we're about 14 or 15 episodes in that's and it. um yeah and uh um, I love doing it and it's, you know, this is the first time, you know, we get, a, we've gotten emails and tweets of people suggesting ideas, but this is the first time someone's asked to be on. So this is really cool. Or uh, the one we just recorded our last one.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's certainly an interesting topic. I mean, I think it's something that a lot of parents need. Um, there are, I mean, this is something that I deal with, you know, as the the, the founder of EFG. I mean, we focus on games, obviously, um, but the there are a lot of parents out there that, you know, they kind of fall into two groups. They um they're they're the parents that don't really care or they care but they care about different stuff, right? And so kind of the media that their kids consume isn't the top priority. They just kind of let that be. Uh but then there's the parent there's there are a lot of parents that care um really strongly. And I have found um, that there's a there's a pretty healthy subset of those parents that really do care, but they're they're lost, right? Because they just don't know where to go and who to trust for that information. Um, and I think it's always been. I have found that it is always helpful for those parents to um, kind of hear that information from people that they can relate to, which would be right. essentially us, because um, we can translate it to them, right? Like we understand you know we can you know kind of be that cultural rosetta stone to help make sure that they understand what's kind of currently being created or what has been out there um and kind of give them that filter you know what i mean so i, I right. completely see what you guys are saying
2: yeah no it's it's 100 true you know that the especially now there's so much out there it's you know You need a person that has experience with it. It's, you know, to use the correlation, you know, back to someone working in a specialty shop like a like a blockbuster video or um, or a toy store, which we don't even really have anymore. When you have a knowledgeable person, you know, when's the last time you thought about going into a toy store and asking a young kid that works there? Hey, what would be cool for my son? He likes superheroes. That doesn't happen anymore. You you know exactly what you want when you go in. You don't interact with anybody, and you walk out, or you go on Amazon, and you sift through and you buy it. So you, there needs to be someone that either tests it out and makes a video about it, or has experienced it them themselves and makes a video about it, and also says if it's you know if it's okay. You know I, the way I look at media consumption for my kid is it doesn't have to be one hundred percent devoid of everything and be perfect and you know um but to understand what might be not necessarily perfect for them and what i need to have a conversation with them about because that's the real world right the real world doesn't filter itself it doesn't shelter you and so that that can be in a video game you know um you can break it down i mean right like kids absolutely love super smash brothers i absolutely love super smash brothers but i know there's a lot of parents out there that don't like anything violent and mm-hmm. super smash brothers is very cartoon violent but still so you know you have to figure it out it's like okay do is my kid going to be you know more apt to be aggressive or violent playing this game and you know is it's all about the conversation and how you approach it it's like you know this yeah. This is a silly cartoonish game and silly cartoonish things aren't the real world, but you have to be engaged. Like you're saying, you have to, you have to be a parent that engages in that conversation and pays attention to what your kid is doing. Um, our, our daughter, um, Ava, um, she, one of my biggest things I've always been waiting for with a kid is being able to play video games with them. And because when I was a kid, the games that we played were side-scrollers. It was Nintendo games, Sonic the Hedgehog and all this stuff. It wasn't, you know, Fortnite, you know. Um, And so we've got Yoshi's Crafted World the day it came out. And Ava, like, has seen me play Mario Odyssey and has seen me play Super Smash Brothers. And she watches it in passing and gets excited about it. But this game, she likes it so much that I've had to find silent let's plays, which are out there. So it's not a let's play with someone, you know, swearing and being, you know, a jerk over it. Um, and she just wants it like, so I don't have to play the game all day, but she'll sit down and, you know, watch that and just love it. She interacts with it. She, she's learning from it. She counts all the things that Yoshi's she's doing on the screen and she cheers him on. And as a parent, it just makes me so happy that that same simple side scrolling aesthetic that made me so happy when I was a kid, my daughter, you know, 35 years later is loved
1: it. Yeah, the man, Yoshi is a special, is a special game. It um, really is. Because it's, I mean, it's frustrating being on the internet whenever a Yoshi game comes out because, you know, you and I like understand what that, what it's for and who it's for and it's not really for us. Right. Um, you know, it's for our kids. Um But it's frustrating listening to um gamers, and I use that you know, I hate that term, really, but I hear your listening, air um, yeah, you can hear the air quotes, <laughs> but like listening to gamers on the internet that don't have kids, um, complaining about how it's too easy and the accessibility is ruining it, and then like you and me would sit there and be like, no, you don't understand. Like this game makes other games better, um, because our kids can play and interact with these games, and then they're gonna understand how to play some of these other, you know, they can play other stuff. And it's like, you forget that that's that's what Yoshi and Kirby do right now. Like, they're not for, you know, a 23-year-old that doesn't have kids that's, you know, like, go play, they should be playing Dark Souls. They can go do that.
2: Well, right, and that's that's the thing, right? The original Super Mario Brothers is a very difficult game but it is not a difficult game to play. And I love that Nintendo has found these Yoshi games to go. We're going to approach it. It's going to be just as easy to play. Like the muscle memory of 35 years, right? You pick up the Yoshi game. You don't have to read the instructions. You know exactly what to do. The fact that like seven-year-old me, could pick up and try the original Super Mario Brothers and know that this game was harder than I can. not I still, you know, I've beaten it before in my life, but I still have trouble making it through Super Mario Brothers. But it's, I like to try. And I love, because kids get frustrated when they can't do something, you Mm -hmm. know? So the fact that probably shortly from now, my daughter is going to be able to grab that computer controller and play that Yoshi game and actually make progress in it, You know, because it's a big game. These people are complaining about one of the most beautiful side-scrollers I've ever seen. The game is just gorgeous. And, you know, I go on sites like IGN and everyone read their reviews, and they they have that same comment, well, it's too easy, so we have to give it a 7. And it's like, okay, you don't like it, that's fine, but it is a very, very well-designed game. It just happens to be a simple game.
3: I think going back, to, I want to jump in because you stopped talking. Yeah. Yeah, talking. <laughs> <Ha>. <laughs> you throw that dick in there at least once. Um, you were saying how people don't know where to turn to to find out what's appropriate. I see that a lot on the Facebook groups I'm in for special needs. Our daughter's on the autism spectrum, and a lot of kids in these special, you know, you know, spectrum and and you know ADHD and all that. A lot of times get focused on like a video game or some sort of media and i see a lot of parents being like well is fortnite safe all their friends play fortnite but i've i've heard this and this and a lot of what they're basing it on are the videos on youtube that people have made where they they basically hack fortnite to look like something it's not right so then people have to go in and say no there isn't nudity there isn't this there isn't that that's just videos people have made and added their own crap to it
1: um Fun fact, you'll appreciate this, Sarah, because I'm I have seen this. I actually had someone come up to me because I was talking to my son about playing Fortnite. Because I do, I let my ten year old and my I actually let all three of my kids play. It's really weird watching a six year old play Fortnite. Um, she became Thanos. Uh, that's today, awesome. And it you was don't... really it was really For... weird. Um, she got eliminated very quickly. Um, so I think that's but, funny. But the, the, the thing that I wanted to share, because it's right along with what you're saying, Sarah, is um, I had someone that did not know what a skin was. Uh, um, and so they assumed, um, without verifying, that um, that they were nudes. So, like, somehow you were playing Fortnite and you could spend money to get um, naked pictures in the game. Because they right. heard skin and that's what they assumed. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> you no. can make your
2: character look well,
1: yeah,
3: like something
2: cool. And like
3: there's people that were like, oh, you know, well, there's this setting and this setting you can do, so they only play it this way. I think there needs to be more kind of like our podcast or more people making content of some kind to explain to parents how they can play this game. Especially where games don't come, like video games, don't come with directions.
2: Anymore, you know, yeah, they're something Like something
3: Fortnite that's, you know, on a tablet or something, there's no instructions for a parent. So I think having some sort of instructional video would help for like yeah. Fortnite and Minecraft because these big games that everyone's kids are playing and talking about at school. And you know, I respect parents that are hesitant and like you want to make sure the game is what you know is appropriate, but they don't know who to turn to, who to ask. And obviously, on you know the internet now, everyone hacks everything and makes it what it's not. So you see these videos people have made where they they add their own stuff to the game and you know parents like oh my god it's this i can't let them play it and that's not even it at all
1: right yeah no i mean it's. you
3: know so i think there is more and more of a need for for mm-hmm. some sort of podcaster or, or some sort of media that explains <coughs> you know how games work to parents you know this is fortnite they can do it this way this way this way you know just so they have something yeah. to you which know. is
1: which is why the three of us have our have our uh, little side hustles here right so right. we can yeah. we can so we can help people spread the word
3: need to do this like there needs to be like a video game version you know people need to get into this there's a need for this
1: there is there absolutely is i i produced uh and this is subtle plug to those that listen that maybe don't go to the actual uh engagefamilygaming.com but uh we actually have um uh i have a bunch of guides that are essentially like how to use the parental controls for fortnite on various um consoles And they have, ever since I published them, they're some of the highest trafficked uh, articles on the site, Go Figure. Um, and really, all I tell people how to do is like turn off voice chat or,
2: you know, which, which is super important.
3: Hey, if you could get us links to that, I'd love to have that to be able to share with the Facebook. It's, page it's right it.
2: on his page, I saw. Okay, it. You'll
3: have to find yeah. it. I'll
1: get them. I'll, yes. I mean, I'll send you the links.
3: Because that's a lot um, of stuff you we're talking about is turning off the chat or, or how to get yeah. into like specific modes so they can only do this and this I, but not I gotta yeah.
2: tell you the first time I played Splatoon um yeah. it was like a breath of fresh air for me because number one it's a great game and number two I'm running mm. around and going, why am I enjoying this so much? Oh can't there's hear no people. one yelling at me. Mm-hmm.
1: Until I yeah. came in the room you know it, well it, but that's different he he yeah. he that's what he bought he knows what he he understands right. uh, <laughs> that he bought a ticket for that ride the uh the getting yelled at by 10 year olds um right. is yeah. is a challenge
2: I don't, I don't need that you know yeah. cuz also because i'm i'm an adult so i don't want to say anything uh, that, that to me like a 10 year old repeating something nasty they heard um that doesn't understand the context of it you know, I'm not worried about protecting myself from that. I'm worried about how I'm going to react because oh, I'm going to react like you know. You know what I mean? Like it, it, we've all been bullied. We've all been young. You know what I mean? There's a switch that could flip where it's like, okay, I'm an adult in this situation, but I don't want to say something bad to a little kid. You know, oh, that's I agree. The thing I want to do. You know, uh, I don't even no, want to I... be put in that position.
1: I agree with you 100%. I mean it's it's one of those things um you know I I just with with I never use voice chat for really anything um unless I'm playing World of Warcraft and then it's with my people that I've known for a decade. That's a pretty different but, thing.
2: That's a yeah. group hangout. Yeah, That's Exactly.
1: Hangout. Well, and and but the thing with Fortnite especially when kids are playing with their friends, it's similar. And so I've we've we we had to open it up eventually. Um and so the rule we have for our um, for our guys is um, they can only use voice chat with their with their friends. So Which is a- um, I- So basically, like on the when you're in a group in Fortnite, on the upper left hand side of the television screen when they're playing, um, is the list of all the people in their party. And if it's a name that I don't recognize, like some of the kids over time, like I figure out who like Shark Tank '89 is or whatever, right? (laughs) Like I know who they are, but like if I don't recognize it, I'm like, who is this person? And if they can't very quickly say, oh, that's my that's my boy Jose's you know, cousin Lisa, fine, right? Like, at least they need to be you know, like I'm fine with you know my you know my friend's cousin or something like that. What I don't want is strangers. Um, so as long if they can give me like a very reasonable explanation for who this person is, and if they're like, oh, I don't know, it was a random fill, um, that's the the good news about having a switch is that I can just pull the switch out of the dock and just yeet it into a in as the kids say into a drawer in the middle of their game, and that solves that problem. <laughs> Right, um, and you know that, that is the the one hidden advantage to the switch is that if they don't turn it off, I can I can make it just I can put it right. in my pocket. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so the, and realistically, they've been very good because I'm very clear about those boundaries, but I don't set like you know an electric fence around it. They're very good at self regulating, and I think that that's something that a lot of parents for like don't know is that their kids will self-regulate if you are reasonable and if you communicate with them right Right. like if you talk to your children and say listen i just don't want you talking to strangers but like voice chat is cool of course so how about you talk to like your actual friends and maybe their friends but not their friends 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 so it's like as long as you know their real name you know just you know just as long as you can tell me that's all i care about and they're very good about self-regulating and it's really only happened once where there was like a random fill that was on their voice chat. And I think it was at the end of it all, you know, I shut it all down, but it was a reasonable explanation. So there was no need to ground anybody. It just kind of happened because, you know, we've all played games where just stuff happened really fast. They call it a bang, bang moment in the NFL, right? Like it's that kind of thing where it's, you know, it happened. We learned from it. We moved on. So, um, it's been really great talking to you two. Um, you know, I think yeah, we're going to, um, this is going to be the beginning of a great content partnership, uh, cause we're all going to be, yes. um, you know, we're going to be, I got to go on your blockbuster show.
2: No, um, absolutely. Let's let me know when you're free next. We'll just, we'll do that very soon.
1: Yeah. We got to do that. Um, while it's fresh, um, um, yes. And, yeah, absolutely, we should do that. So, you guys, thank you very much for coming on my show, um, talking about your stuff. Um, Obviously, for those listening, I will have links to all of their stuff in the show notes because I am presuming that one of the two of you will send them to me via Twitter um, with all the stuff that you would like, and I will also do the same. Um, Great, thank you. So, uh, folks, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I believe I will be here with some of my other co-hosts, and we'll be talking about something this is a this is an experiment for uh, our two teams trying to make this all work so um you two um chris and sarah it's been a pleasure to have you on my show um until next time don't forget to get your family game on
0: thank you for listening to engage a family gaming podcast
3: thank you Thank you for listening. Tune in next week.